Hello and welcome to Double Feature, a podcast where we rate movies and beer. I'm Andrew. And I'm Tom, and we have watched Being the Ricardos. Action! Lucy, I'm home. Why is this coming out now? Lucille Ball's a threat to the American way of life? Does the FBI have any case against Lucy? I need you to help me save my marriage. How many times I gotta explain where I was and where I was not? You gotta explain. Are you being funny right now? I'm Lucille Ball. When I'm being funny, you'll know. This is getting out of hand. Madness. Have you been cheating on me? The story's made up. If they boo me? If they boo you, we're done. Sorry. I got lost for a second. Yes, we, we changed plans this week because the Oscar nominations came out and unlike last year where there was like we had so many films come out on like Prime and stuff that were nominated, it seems the world cinema-wise has gone back to normal and nothing's available. But being the Ricardos, uh, has Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem nominated for the respective Best Actor, Actress categories uh, is on Prime Video. So we thought, yep, let's watch this. <laughs> And we'll Just to tr- see what all the fuss was about, yeah, really. And we're going to try and do as many of these as we can, which means we're probably going to have to watch The Tragedy of Macbeth, Tom, which I'm... Yes! I cannot wait! <laughs> I knew you'd enjoy that. But yes, before we, get, before we get to being the Ricardos, Tom, because you wouldn't have a time to pick a beer, would you? Nah, but you are wrong. <laughs> I went this morning. Okay. Um, and, yeah, it, it, was, it was tougher than I thought. Well, actually, it wasn't, because it... I, it at 7.55 in the morning, there's only one place that sells beer, uh, and that's general... I was at a, way, a wayno on the street, basically. <laughs> <laughs> All right, pal, can I borrow some, some of your special brew? <laughs> uh, I go to general store. So, but I did... Uh, I'm the one with the Pomona beer this week, and it is called... And this is because in the show... The whole bit is about uh, her saying a bunch of names, and this Pomona <laughs> is called Agnes, Agatha, Jermaine, and Jack, okay. which I thought fit quite nicely okay. with that bit that they have a fight over throughout. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to give it. It's an IPA. Before I just, just put the beer back down. I was like I don't need to drink this. Um, and it is 6.5 percent Pomona Island, cryo hops or frozen with liquid nitrogen Ooh. to extract the lupulin. Of course, I know. Of course. They're supposed to give you an amazing punchy hop flavours and like a super clean profile. But do they? This is one of two beers. And then they have another one called Jim, John, Paul and Tyrone, which would have worked a little bit better. Yeah. But it's I couldn't find that one. So I'm going with Agnes, Agatha, Jermaine and Jack. Let's have a look. That is tasty. It is very fruity. I'm so, I think, did you get this one with your box? Uh, it's the, the one with the phone. I don't think it did. Oh, you must have got the other one. I, I reckon, I remember you getting one with the four names from I'll your have box. I'll have, to have, I'll have to have a look. But what? yes, very nice. Uh, punchy. I, I get the punchiness of the, uh, of the hops hitting you straight, but it's not overpowering. It's nice, nice, fr- nice and fruity. We like the good, good old cryo in, um, at double feature. So, Let's uh, let's see how this fares over the long run. Uh, you don't have a Pomona Island beer. I don't this week. I'm, I'm trying to alternate between my understand because I want to get a Pomona subscription box every month, so I don't want it to be like every film is Pomona. 
which means we have to go spend more money on beer. Oh no! Uh, so I nipped into Epicurean uh, before Cat's birthday because I, I picked up some stuff. I'd gone to Lily's to get some snacks, some onion badgies, onion lilies next door yeah. to Epicurean. How good is that fucking? How good is Lily's? It looks yeah. amazing. Well, that's I what, went in there, grabbed some snacks. So I think we mentioned it to you guys because we went to the one in Ashton, which is the original one that used to win all the awards and stuff, and they've started kind of branching out and they're down in Cholton. But yeah, and I think the one in Cholton is next to next door to Epicurean as well. And I've kind of got this little <laughs> deal going over next door. But yeah, the, the onion badges and uh, I had the paneer samosa and the paneer paneer spring rolls. Oh, oh I just well, I just went. I just grabbed some Indian crisps, like the, the good stuff, not just like generic stuff, like the yeah. ones that you don't see anywhere else, and they were really good. Um, but so yeah. it was. I was excited by that shop. What have you got? So I've got from Hideaway Brewing Company, which I just re- read is born in Salford, so they're another Manchester local brewery. It's called Button Basher. It is a New England IPA, but it's 8%. When I was picking the beer this morning, I was like, 8.6, oh, possibly a bit high because I'm working at 8. So 8%, that'll do instead. Like <laughs> Slightly nice better. Bit. Nice little tipple before work. Yes, yeah, that. I'm not in charge tonight, so it's fine. Uh, explosion of pineapple, grapefruit, and a little coconut, and a well-rounded and powerful juice bomb. So let's see it's, if it if it meets the your expectation. Scottish palate is definitely going to pick up all of those things. I'm getting the booze first of all. Get- <laughs> That's it. I got. There's not enough salt on this. <laughs> so I'm getting the pineapple and the grapefruit. It's fine. Coconut. Maybe not. Not yet. Not yet. But you can taste it as eight percent. Especially, it's not even called like a double IPA. It's just an IPA. It's like you okay. Uh, there's definitely alcohol in that. I can taste it, but it's not unpleasant. It's it's definitely drinkable, which you want. Uh, it's not quite that hazy New England style that that I really like. I think maybe because <laughs> of the booze. But yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll do a job. Uh, Tom, let's start with uh, being the Ricardos. So I did suppose, it do a job for you? I, know, I suppose the first. <laughs> The first thing is, maybe not, did we enjoy it? Do you see why Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem would be nominated for their Oscars? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes. I was, I was, for, for okay, let, let, let's start. Honestly, I had no fucking clue what this was about when I went into it. Like, I'd heard the name Lucille Ball. You, you would have known because that was when you were around as a kid. But uh, <laughs> easy, I knew this, just knew this joke was coming. Like, oh, you grew up with this. I love Lucy. No, uh, I had I, I I knew the name Lucille Ball, and but I didn't know about I Love Lucy. I did know about the scene with her stomping the grapes in the big vats. I think I'd seen that somewhere in like a funniest. The fifty funniest clips of whatever, right, okay. like TV over the years or something like that, right? Because it's a classic, and Anna knew about it as well. But other than that, I, I knew nothing about them. Uh, but I must say that, unlike a black and white film that we did that was nominated for a bunch of shit called Mank, this one actually drew me into the world that it was trying to push. Well, to try and recall and and give to a, probably a wider audience. And I was interested in where this was going, how the and the the actors in the film put in great performances that kind of really helped, you know, make the story a understandable, b entertaining, and c quite funny at times in the sense of uh, 
while the the two main actors were fantastic, I've got to give big props to J.K. Simmons, who for me was the stand, Other than those two, the standout of the film yeah, with yeah, his yeah. comedy and he and his like the opening scene when he's talking about punching a seven year old boy in the face because <laughs> he's a communist was fantastic. That yeah. whole conversation was really funny, and it's it's a great opening kind of scene other than the you know the the interviews with the with the actual people who were there the that opening scene was really good to kind of set the tone of the film let you know what this was all about and other than that i also found it very interesting learning how they used to do a tv series back in those days i'm sure they do still do i mean i know they still do table reads but i'm sure things have changed since then but i think that the base of how you make a, a weekly tv series is there um yeah, you you wonder now is that things aren't as sort of linear as doing a weekly like Monday we do this Tuesday because you're probably filming it all in one go rather than yes, like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially not much as filmed I'm guessing in front of a live TV audience anymore. No, it's more of that scrubs first person camera like yeah that kind of style. Where this was one of the pioneers of this style of that that still like, look at Big Bang Theory, which is still re- relatively recent, was still done in that studio audience kind of way. Yeah, of course, yeah. Like, when I clicked on play, I still didn't even know it was about I Love Lucy. Like, right. I, I knew that a little about it. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I didn't know her name was like Ricardo's or anything. So it wasn't even like given a hint by that. Mm. So as soon as I heard, it was like, okay, how is this going to? B to not just like a a, a British audience because it was shown yeah. over here. I was checking because I was like, it sounds like a really like a Channel Four kind of thing. It sounds like it would it would have filled that Fraser, everyone loves Raymond kind of like time slot <laughs> early yeah. morning before that. But it wasn't. It, it was shown on ITV on its original run back in the the fifties sixties, and I I know I've seen episodes. Yeah. So someone definitely reshowed it when I was younger. I couldn't quite find out who, but it definitely like Channel Four seems to be would be all over this. Uh, so I know of the show, and I know it was really, really popular. But that's kind of where my information ends. Yeah. Like, couldn't even tell that she was a famous actress before or was she? I didn't know anything about the character of, of, of Lucille Ball at all. Mm-hmm. Didn't even realize that her husband in the show was like a Cuban. Like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, how how well is this going to play over to our side of the audience? Like. Because it's it's out with my like growing up it was it was gone before, of course. I think she was uh, she I was eight when she died, so the the program yeah, yeah, yeah. had long gone. So if if I don't get some of the relevance, will people like twenty years younger than me get yeah. any relevance to it? America, I think, is different because it's like a staple of. I imagine it's still, there's probably still networks somewhere showing reruns all the time. It's gonna got that you just stick it on a channel and it will play like constantly yeah but i was i was pleasantly surprised i think that the performances from nicole and javier were, were excellent oh, yeah. uh from from clips like clips that i've seen of the show when whenever you're watching some kind of program about sitcoms or whatnot you know who lucy is and i love lucy and <laughs> she plays it so well oh yeah and so when, when you're watching the parts where it's like the show she's amazing and i thought what she did really well was to show the personality of Lucille Ball and like mm-hmm. the putting together of a show like that, like saying, no, this is not right. Something's not right. And like, her meticulous yeah. like, to get things right. was like, you, you wonder how much of that was there that ever came out at the time. Was it ever, so when you're in the midst of making a program, you don't get that 
the way that she came across and like she was a force of nature in that program she was mm-hmm. pushing it and driving it and making it rather than just turning up and reading the script and going boo and I like the fact that she made a good reference of like I'll, I'll be funny by Friday yeah. like, like she, she she couldn't quite just turn it on all the time whereas uh, Desi was more the showman the kind of he's got that Latin space like he, he can do the flair he's, he, he's a, he's a, he, he was an artist he was a musician so he's got that yeah. can just turn it on whereas she had to be she was kind of like by the book down the line then they would just turn it on by showtime mm-hmm. it seems yeah and I, I thought it was a really like I think I think maybe myself we miss out maybe on the the key aspects and the sort of proper detail they go into because it's not something we live through but I think like I said they did a really good job of giving you an insight into making a TV show back then, the politics of it all back then. Mm. Like you can't say pregnant. She can be pregnant, but you can't say pregnant. Yeah. Like just, uh, and, and little things like that. And an era, an era that we that we missed in his, yeah. because the TV is so different now. But yeah, I thought, I thought that it was enjoyable. Uh, at no point was I bored of it. Like it seemed it ticked along. There's a few timeline things that are a bit, not sure of, but we'll get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, overall, it was like, yeah, that was that was fine. Like, uh, I can see, I can see why the academy would like it because I, I said before oh, yeah. they they love a portrayal of a famous person. They love it, and you've got two, and it's done really well, and you can see just like ticking those boxes. Of yeah, course, nominated. Yeah, and and to add to that, like obviously this was at the beginning of the Cold War in the sense of, obviously, one of the main aspects of this film, where it opens up with the whole scene of uh, someone picking up on the fact that Lucille Ball had voted communist, or had had, votes, had voted for the communist 20 years prior. She was, she was part of the communist, she ticked a box to be part of the communist Yes, like, that's what I mean, party. Yeah, 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 party. And even though she'd been cleared, it, it you were kind of waiting for that final, for that, for the news to come out outside of the radio show and obviously it happens on the Friday but even that as it plays throughout it kind of gives you an idea of the not just the politics of the TV show but the politics at the time you know um, communist bad and obviously that you know the Cuba was very much part of that uh, and obviously Desi's kind of come out of Cuba and that's why he has the conversation with J.K. Simmons' character who it wants to you know find out a bit more about that because yes obviously he's been brought up to hate the communists and obviously Desi lived through it and while he you know puts on this this showmanship of you know I hate the communists and I'm not going to work with anyone who's communist he still cares for Lucille even though she did tick that box all that time ago and it, it, it was very interesting to, even to see that character arc a little bit going from like I'm going to punch a seven year old boy in the face to actually standing by her at the end even though they put her to portray it as she accidentally ticked a box uh, at that time even though her grandfather brought her up to be in that kind of yeah, mindset she, she knew what she was ticking just I think she was ticking it in support of her grandfather who had the best yeah. interests of like the workers and the people yeah. and yeah but she, which obviously she didn't see the flip side of that which Desi <laughs> yeah. kind of explains when they you know they all turn up and kill all the cattle not 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 just because they wanted the food just fucking killed it and I thought it was it, that that bit was was very interesting but as you said it's 
it actually manages to make it palatable for the the wider audience, which I think is something that we really struggled with with Mank when we did Mank, and that was the fact that we got literally none of the references. You just stared at Amanda Seyfried for two hours, and I tried, like, I, I did my best, but at the same time, I just thought it was... I think, it was I think it's weird. different when you're portraying, like, a movie director. You know, like, I don't care. Like, like, yeah, 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 obviously, like, but... If you made a film about Aaron Sorkin, like, making this film, I don't care. Yeah. But, but you're making a film about the people back then making one of the biggest hit TV shows in America, if not the world at that time, that's more interesting. Of course. And, and as as uh, her her co, the woman, the co-star, whose name I forget, Vivian Vance, mm-hmm. is like sort of younger than her, actually probably better looking than her, uh, but portrayed as being not good looking enough for William Frawley's character. Yeah. Like, they, they portray Lucille Ball as being stupid. or Yeah. But when you see the behind, she, she is so smart and gets it. And in her head, which is playing out like the scenes, like what's going to work and what's funny. It's like you you wouldn't you wouldn't expect that from just if you just watched I Love Lucy, you'd be like, well, she's the kind of dumb woman character. Yeah. And yeah. and it portraying her really well as an intelligent, forward thinking, ahead of her time. And that's interesting, which Mike wasn't. Mike was just a grumpy old director guy. Like, it's just. But this is this is more about it. You can see her, her arc of trying to be an actress, uh, then doing the radio stuff and getting successful that way, and doing it slightly different. And she wasn't seen as a Rita Hayworth or Andre Hepburn as these like instantly beautiful, good actresses, names you know. Yeah, I, I've never seen a Rita Hayworth film, but I know that she was like a bombshell back in the day, mostly through Shawshank Redemption, probably. Uh, yeah, but but it's a name you know of. Whereas if you yeah. say Lucille Ball, you'd be like, what? If you say I love Lucy, oh yeah, yeah, I know who you mean. Like that. Yeah, and I did a really good job of of making you care about the story, and and then and then also you got like the sub stories of like how you put together a TV show, like you said, and that's interesting to anyone who watches sitcoms and stuff. Yeah. So there was a so, lot. There was a lot of things to hook you in. Yes, uh, and and then the relationship between Desi and Lucille, where it was like it's definitely fraught, and it is all the way through, and uh the <laughs> the line at the end when when she calls him out for cheating, it's like mm. the, the old there were just hookers, it meant nothing. Like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was like, come on, man, you can do better than that. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean, just? Uh, it's only hookers had sex. If it doesn't mean anything, of course. Cool, but what? it shows. But again, it shows the mindset of men in the nineteen fifties, and I think that that's something that. Uh, Williams Williams says to to Lucille is like he's a he's a real man like I'm not saying that real men he was saying that the, the, the Cuban like, mindset, mindset of being a man is, yeah. is is completely different to what you might expect from an American man and I think that it's like yeah he's he's good looking he's a womanizer you see that when she first meets him on the set of that show uh, of that film sorry and you know he's just using up all the lines on the girls and uh, Patty. Oh, is that short for Patricia? I was like, oh, how did you know? <laughs> and all that shit. <laughs> and I love, I absolutely love the deadpan kind of deliver, delivery from Nicole Kidman when she just like asked him, like, how did you know that Patty was short for Patricia? Like, I am absolutely shocked. <laughs> and it's just that, that whole bit of like, oh, like, use a line that you've never used before. It was like, do you know how do you want to go, go rumba? He's like, Good way, but you've definitely used that before. Yeah, right? exactly. And and I think that that's something that, at be, being a uh, young woman myself, I feel that <laughs> I, 
<laughs> but but put, putting myself, try, trying to look at it from that point of view, I thought that Lucille Ball, if this is indeed how she was, and I'm sure it is because the the, the daughter, the, their daughter, who is the, the baby that they're, no, sorry, who is the, the young child who's Desi's kind of holding when she's doing the laundry, that's their first child, the daughter. She said that the the performances were amazing and it was like down to a tee to what her parents were like. And so I, I'm guessing this is exactly how Lucille Ball was. And she was so ahead of her time in the sense of how she kind of stood up for herself. And because back then... She still wanted the things that all women wanted back then, in the sense that she wanted a family, she wanted a home, she wanted all that stuff, which is 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 yes, that everyone should want that. But at the same time, she did not just do it for the sake of doing it. She wanted no. to do it with the right person. She stood up for herself. She was incredibly smart. She, you know, became as you said, she became a huge presence on set. And she could have just been like, oh, as you said, I'm just. The dumb, the dumb lady who's on the set and does all this, and even her, even Madeline Pugh, who's played by uh, Elias Shawcat, who the conversation they have one on one when she takes her to one side outside of the kind of like brainstorming room, and kind of Madeline calls her out and says that you know she's playing a, a dumb character, and Lucille kind of like clocks in on that, and she had the the line that is something that I refer to, I, I, I've said on this podcast many times, and something that I don't like about comedy is grown men playing stupid people. And I've said this about Adam Sandler's films. I've said yeah, this about Jim Carrey yeah, yeah. films. And she says it's cringy. And I, I, I agreed with that. I, I related with that so much because those are the things that I don't like. It's easy comedy. Like I, I like Ricky Gervais when he does his stand-ups and stuff to, to a certain extent. But when he did Derek, I thought that was like the epitome of shite. Like playing a character who has kind of like a lower IQ for laughs, I just found it really cheap. And I've never I've never been able to like be drawn in by that kind of stuff. And I said it as I said before, like Adam Sandler and Jim Carrey, they 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 kind of made their careers on this at the beginning. Well, obviously they've improved and done other stuff since as they've grown older, Jim Carrey's has played many serious roles that have been fantastic and Adam Sandler has actually we we've done one of the films on this podcast where Uncut Gems Uncut Gems where he just is incredibly good in it and just plays a serious character throughout but it, it just showed that these women and, and she, she mentions it uh, Madeline mentions it it's like how do you think I became uh, a woman being in a writer's room for this show like they were still pushed down and as and you know as you said even the, the cbs were like no no we can't show a woman pregnant on stage that would mean that they had to have a baby somehow and that would in, that would mean sex and we can't show sex on screen and all that shit and it was just like that shows the mentality at that time that they were so like still prude in a sense that they were just wanting like we can show women but they have to play you know stay at home women they can't but they can't be pregnant on screen because that would be awful so it's like the whole bed thing like, but they sleep in separate beds we push the beds together it's like no you can't do that men and women don't sleep in the same beds what are you talking about it's the stork it's the fucking storks that bring the children and the, and the honey and the bees that's what we're trying to it's just it was ridiculous and 
I found it interesting that at the end they say that they never use the word pregnant and I looked it up and the the name so the, the timeline as you said the timeline's a bit iffy with some of the episodes and some of the things that they mention but if you look at the running of I Love Lucy this was meant to be this so they recorded this episode which was meant to be season four uh, season two episode four that's what they were recording and Desi says like around episode nine is when she's going to be showing so that's when we have to kind of start bringing it in and if you look at the series of I Love Lucy and the like the episode guide look at season two episode 10 it's called Lucy is enceinte meaning she's pregnant but it's in French so they never actually used the word pregnant but they insinuated with Lucy is enceinte however episode 11 pregnant women are unpredictable so they couldn't say that she was pregnant. You can say pregnant women are unpredictable, yeah. but for that particular reveal of she, and it, they did. It did. You can see if you look through through like IMDb, there's like stills of the baby being in the shots and stuff, and they clearly made her be, you know, give give birth on Lucy gives goes to the hospital episode sixteen. I'm guessing that's to give birth. So it's. They they did do everything that Desi wanted them to do, and they kind of groundbreaking. But at the end of the day, their mentality they, they had the guy had to like have so much influence to be able to pull this off that you know it ended with a telegram going, "Listen to the fucking Cuban. Don't fuck with the Cuban. Don't fuck with the Cuban." I care about what works. I care about what's funny. About you. Oh, you're scaring the shit. I was just gonna say, good show, good show, good show. Tom, I can't remember the names. Agnes and something, something like Agnes, Agatha, Jermaine, and Jack. How how are you getting on? Yeah, we're you know the five of us are getting on just fine. <laughs> it's it, we're a delightful company, um, and you know it's it's very tasty, good IPA. Does that say six point five? Five point five, six point five. Yeah, I don't feel it at all. It's very tasty, very fruity. How is your button basher? Button basher's nice. It, like, it, it's boozy, but it's not too boozy. Mm. And I'm, I'm, I'm again, it's probably a hint of coconut in there, possibly. But it, you can taste, you can taste fruits. You can taste the fruits. I do like coconut. I do know what coconut t- tastes like, Tom. Before we make it that face, I am aware of the taste of coconut. I've had a bounty bar in my life. Hey, Tunnock's caramel logs have toasted coconut on top. <laughs> the staple of any Scottish guy. Yes. Don't fucking you'll get you'll get you'll get angry you'll get angry messages me slag off Tunnock's. A staple of the Scottish diet. Yeah, it's nice. Are they it's deep a, fried? They are not deep fried. They've not <laughs> been you? air they've not been air fried either. Oh, I wonder if you air fry a chocolate bottle, it'll just melt, probably. Probably. There is for anyone listening who has ever seen my, my air fryer Instagram, there is a YouTube channel with a Scottish guy and it's called Does It Fry? And basically he buys things, deep fries them, and then sees if they if they taste good or not. And he's like, does it fry? Aye! Like, it's, it's just great. It's great. Now you should do one. Does it air fry? Aye! <laughs> it's not as exciting because he puts the batter in and some things. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like Greg's donuts and stuff and all that. Yeah. It's, it's, good, it's good fun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let Let's get to the actors and actresses. We'll probably start with Nicole Kidman. She's a weird one because 
when you see her in something like this, you're like, she's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Like, really good. Then I'm like, I look back on her timeline. I think the last thing I watched was probably Bombshell, which was really good again. And then the thing before that was our second ever podcast, Aquaman. Oh, God, she is an Aquaman, <laughs> isn't she? It's our first ever podcast. That was a second, second. Spider-Man no. Into the Spider-Verse was number one. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Aquaman. That's a shame. Yeah, well, anyway. One or two. They're, yeah. they're, they're that way, they are both one and two. But yeah, she's got a weird career. Like, but she's really, when she does stuff like this, she's really, really good. Yeah. But doesn't do it enough. Like she's no, she, she, she's not. If, if you're making like a, the the was it the the Mount Rushmore of female actresses, she's not going to make the top four, not at all. She, but but she's. I think she's good enough. Like just doesn't she, she, top ten. For the longevity of her career, she's been around for a fucking long she time. Has, she has since uh, Tom Cruise, Days of Thunder. Was uh, what was it called? Far and Away, that was the first one with uh, with Tom Cruise, and then that's where they met, and then did Days of Thunder because it's very much a, it's very much like the 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 Lucille Ball story of getting Desi, and it's like Tom Cruise got her in Days of Thunder. <laughs> didn't didn't they then do that film that I, I, was banned? Eyes, eyes Wide Shut? That's the one. Fucking terrible. I yeah. watched it, and I was. I was surprised at the why has this been banned? Yeah. I mean, there is an orgy scene, but I was like, meh. For a young man looking for a cheap wank, this wasn't the one. This wasn't the one. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, there's, there's a film called The Peacemaker with George Clooney in 87. I actually watched that the other day. It's a good, it's a good like, uh, terrorist in America with a bomb kind of like chase chase them down kind of film. It's just good in that. Wait, uh, did you say George Clooney or Liam Neeson? George, I'm not sure. It's which, George, oh, okay, it's yeah. George Clooney. It's George Clooney. Uh, but she's done she's done stuff like that which are like just tick boxes films. But there's the things like The Others which is terrible, really bad. I've, I've not even seen Cold Mountain. I think, have I seen Cold Mountain? I have seen Cold Mountain. I think Mountain I have seen... Sorry. Forgettable is the... Uh, bewitched, uh, but yeah, not not great. What was the one? The, the Stepford Wives. That's terrible. It's a terrible she, film. Didn't she do that TV series very recently? Uh, there's there's a there's one called Nine Perfect Strangers on Amazon, which I've not watched mm-hmm. yet. And there was one with Hugh Grant called The Undoing, which they showed on Gogglebox, but it was on Sky, so I didn't have access to it. So it was mm-hmm. one I was like, oh, that was good, but then uh, Big Little yeah. Lies, Big Little Lies, that's the one you think. There you go, Big Little Lies, like, that was the one I was thinking. Amazing in Big Little Lies. Like, that's a great yeah. programme. So I think I think she's just very dependent on the script, I think, and now that probably, that's probably, you know, something to... But, but I think this shows, because this, like, is it a great movie? I don't think it is a great movie, which mm-hmm. we'll also get to, but... She, she, her performance supersedes the film. Yeah, I think the, cause I think the film's got a ceiling because it's like a kind of biopic in a sense. Uh, yeah. She's portrayed a famous person, but she apparently has nailed to the T. If that comes from like her daughter, like you, you know, yeah. you smashed it. Yeah, like, exactly, yeah. No one, no one knows the woman more than her daughter does. Like, and yeah. to get that praise, mm-hmm. and I think I think she elevates. Like, it's not a bad script. Just I think it's got a limited like. I suppose especially for us in the UK who don't know that like we're not big I love Lucy fanatics or anything like I, I maybe watched an episode of my time but she she is better than the script is she nails it and you're like oh you could do this you could do this more maybe maybe she just likes doing certain things like maybe Nine Perfect Strangers is also brilliant and then I'm being really unfair to her but 
she just seems to do a lot of bad movies in the odd great performance here or there. And I I, I agree. I mean, I I can't say I've I've looked into the the background of Nicole Kidman's career much like I I, I mean she is on the same level to me as where Javier Bardem is in the sense of like I I know I know who they are. I've seen plenty of films they are in, but they aren't actors that I will then just be like, oh, they're in this. I must absolutely watch this. And it's like it, it's that sense of like I saw being the Ricardos advertised on on the Fire Stick when I when it when it first came out, and I was like, eh, no. And then and, and obviously when we decided to, to to drastically change our film this week, it was. I, I wasn't mad about it because I was like, okay, so they've been nominated for a for a, the Oscar in both of the like, leading role categories, and so clearly, clearly there's something there. Um, obviously, Oscar nominations aren't something to go by constantly, as Andrew will tell you because of his glowing review of Power of the Dog, which received twelve nominations at the Oscars, which I was thrilled with. But I think Andrew kind of like wanted to kind of throw his phone across the room when that came out. Yep. Um, yep. Please listen to our Power of the Dog podcast if you want an entertaining hour on Andrew's thoughts on the film. I think, I think but, we gave a good overall review of that film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did um, did Benedict at least did Benedict Cumberbatch get the nomination for leading actor? He did. Didn't he, he did. He did. And yeah, which I think that he will probably win. And both Jesse Plemons and the the other lady they get on the guy with the weird name, the boy. Oh, the son. The son. Yeah, he got nominated for a supporting role as well. Did did Naomi Watts? Kirsten Dunst. That's the one. They all look the same. Blonde women. Blonde women. <laughs> Generic. Nicole Kidman. Uh, fucking thrown. The fact you didn't know who it was will tell you. No, she did not get a nomination. <laughs> I'm shocked. Maybe it was her piano skills that let her down. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but no, it 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 was as you said. The, the acting in this film probably is what makes the film what it is. And uh, I'm sure you've looked at the Javier Bardem timeline now, but, I mean, I, I remember him as a Bond villain. The last film I watched him in is Skyfall, and that was 2012. Uh, I don't know what else he's been in. You, he, I probably do know what else he's been in, but I can't recall off the top of my head. Films I've heard of, Pirates of the Caribbean, Salazar's Revenge... He is very forgettable in that. So. He, he is Captain Salazar. So, yeah, so, yeah uh, a film called Mother, a film called Escobar, which is shockingly about Pablo Escobar. <laughs> oh, see. Mother's with uh, Jennifer Lawrence, which I've not seen, but I know it's it's like a weird, horror, psychological, weird shit. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. 6.6 on IMDb. <clears throat> uh, then he's in June, which has been nominated for some awards as well. Which I haven't but ev- seen. everyone is in June. You could literally <laughs> walk the streets of Hollywood, and everyone is in June. Yeah, he's also going to be in the second June film, part two, and he's also in uh, the Little Mermaid coming out as King Triton. So there you go. But yeah, it's like he's he's not done anything any massive films that I can see that kind of jump out at me. Uh, and even but even before Skyfall, Eat, Pray, Love, I've not seen, but that's quite a big film with uh, Julia Roberts, Vicky Cristina Barcelona, which is absolutely gash. Again, you like what's her face the. Uh, Name Penelope Cruz, Penelope Cruz, and uh, Scarlet. You're like, what? Mm-hmm. It's an easy wank as well. Nope, nope, terrible <laughs> film. <laughs> but yeah, he's again, he must just do films. He thinks, oh, I'll do that. Sounds all right. And then 
they're not massive films, but this is one where I think without his performance, it's a it's a much worse film. Like, yeah, if, of course. If you yeah, get yeah. if you get a kind of generic like five six out of ten performance, the film happens. It might still be all right, but it's not elevated to what it is with, with these two together, and they just worked together like really well. Yeah, the well. chemistry was there on uh, mm. clearly between the two, and and I think that that's really what what makes this film is their chemistry but also the chemistry that they have with the other characters around them yeah. and I think that every interaction between characters even even weirdly the like the bits with the CBS people I thought ran really well and it was, there was even comedic elements to that when it was like it's like I, I'm pregnant and you're like with what? Sorry, with a child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like well yeah obviously like all, all of those all of those scenes just worked and I think that the supporting cast w- was great, and I know you haven't seen Arrested Development, but both uh, Jess Oppenheimer and Madeline Pugh, who are played by Tony Hale and uh, Elias Shawcat, are big parts of Arrested Development. Okay, and it, it was it was funny because I was like Lucille Ball. I know that name. I know that name. I know that name. And two of the main characters in Arrested Development are called Lucille. And so, like, the mother of the family is called... The family is the Bluth family. And the mother's called Lucille Bluth. And then her kind of, like, rival is called uh, Lucille... Let me just get this right. Uh, Lucille Ostero, and who's played by Eliza Minnelli. And I was like... And, and those... Those names are Lucille's not a very common name in America. No. Like it's not like my, my cousin's called Lucille, but that's a French name. Oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a French name, and it should stay that way. But it's like no, no. But I mean, like it, obviously it, they, they, and I, I do genuinely think that those were like references to like probably Lucille Ball. Yeah. And like, you don't have a Lucille B person without having the thought for Lucille Ball in that sense. And and the fact that both of them, who obviously were big parts in that show, were in this, I thought they were both very good. Mm. Um, Elias Shawcat as Madeline Pugh was, was great, and we've already gone over the scene which she had with with Lucille or with, with Nicole Kidman about the kind of, like, dumbing down of women. But just even... And, and I mentioned it earlier on, like, J.K. Simmons as William Frawley oh. was just fantastic. And I, I can't... I, I think that it's, it's got to that stage now where it's like... If I see that he is in a film, I know I'm going to enjoy what he has to do in it. And it is not, and it's weird because for so long he wasn't that person. It, for me, like he just appear and be like, oh, I know that face. He's he's, he's what the, so the the ringer when they do the rewatchables, they have the that uh, Joey Panto and that guy awards. Like the guy you watch and you go, oh, that's that guy. He's one of yeah. them. But he started. You, you, you kind of threw the. The Spider Man, the fact that they've kept him in yeah, all the Spider Mans, yeah. like not yeah. just the the Maguire ones, but he's gone on to like any. And I said that if I was going to make a film, I'd have J.K. Simmons in it. I don't care what part it is, yeah, yet, but he's in he's it. Fine. He's in it because he's going to steal like, whatever scene he's in. He's going to make it better. Absolutely, and and it's just just I I can't. It's a presence. It's just the presence, and it's the delivery of lines. And he was he was just perfect for that role, and. As I said, it's, it's like he elevated, and I think that when you have these people who clearly are incredibly respected in in Hollywood, and there's no denying that J.K. Simmons for his career is one of those people. I think it kind of like brings everyone around you up a notch, yeah, as well. And I, it's, it's not. I'm not here saying that you know he's 
he's the best of the best of all these things. But you know, you look at his, for example, his character, his his performance in Whiplash, which is probably the film where I was like, holy fuck, you are very good at what you do. And I think because he can do that, but then he's like, he plays. You look at La La Land, where he plays the guy who's the restaurant owner. It's yeah. just such a small part. Yep. But he just like he just he's just there and he'll do it and he'll do it really well and you're like yeah you have no issues with with how how good he is. He's just really good. He's he's done that a lot. It's like you can be the like one of the main men in Whiplash, but you can be two minutes in another film uh-huh. and, you, and then you'll be like uh, John uh, Jameson. Uh, J J Jameson, you can be that, and like he's up, he's turned it up to twelve for that. And then he'll put it back down. He's, you can just, you can just give him a part. You know, you're going to get a hundred percent, no matter what it is, no matter how many seconds, minutes, whatever. Yeah, he's going to smash it, and he, and he's superb. Like, love him. And, and love him. we we've done we've done a quite a few films on there with him. I'm not going to count No Way Home uh, as one of them because he's literally like right at the end of it. But we did Twenty One Bridges. Yep. Uh, in it, and he was great in that. He kind of like Palm Palm, yeah. Palm Springs as Roy, which is you would not put him as that. Like you would no. Uh, he's great, but but then he's all. But then he's also in uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, and you clearly see that there's a connection there with maybe Andy Samberg. Yeah, and it and it, it just kind of like he he can as he can do these roles where everyone he like kind of helps bring everyone around him back up to a level. But then at the same time, he can dumb it down. Not saying that Andy Samuel films are dumb, but it's like, and all Brooklyn Nine-Nine's genius comedy. And to be honest, so was Palm Springs. Palm Springs was fucking brilliant. And you, you just, yeah, you just get, you just get the same amount of, it's like maximum effort every single time. And so you, you won that. So like even something like, like you go back to 2007 when he's, he plays Juno's dad in Juno. Yeah. And he's like, it's just, if you're looking for someone to play a dad, get him in. Yep. Get him in, and he'll do it, and he'll knock out the park. And, uh, yeah, he's he's so versatile, and he's like, I'm glad he's kind of getting his his day in the sun because he's obviously respected in this sort of industry that he'll just do whatever and he'll do it really well. So, massive, massive big fan. It's interesting. I was talking about uh, Sorkin, yeah. but we've actually done quite a few. No, we've done all of his films. We've done all three. Well, he's, we've got also Trial of Chicago 7 we've done. Yep. He also wrote the Steve Jobs film, which I've seen. No, no, no. The direct, the ones yeah. he directed, we've done all of yeah, them yeah. on this podcast. Uh, he also wrote Moneyball. Obviously, it's not... Yeah. He wrote the screenplay Moneyball because it's a book. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah but he, 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 got, he got his... He came to light because he wrote the whole of the fucking West Wing, which went on for, like, God knows how many series and was, like, critically acclaimed throughout from start to finish until the very, 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 very end which requires a hell of a lot of work because you got to keep something going that long at that level is incredible. Oh, yeah. And, and that's not to say that he's a, he, that doesn't translate in his films. We both enjoyed Child of Chicago 7 and the other film he did, his first film he directed was... Molly's Game, which we haven't Molly's done. Molly's Game. Actually, no, we haven't done, but yeah. I have seen it. I've, I've still not seen it because it's one that... Because Cat loves Jessica Chastain's like I, I want to watch this. I was like, cool, watch it. Who does not? Yeah, but she's like one of her favorites. But I was like, yeah, okay. So now every every time I'm, I'm flicking through on nights and I'm like, oh, I can watch that. Nope, Cat will watch it at some point. Yeah, <laughs> it's, only, uh, it's do, only been I out for four years, like five years now. But yeah, no, it's one I want to watch. But like screenplay for a few good men. She's going back to mm. 1992. Like I'm pretty sure Nicole Kidman's in Malice as well. Uh, social network screenplay, which is, it's like it's the same kind as like it's a biopic in a sense. Yeah, yeah. So he, 
You can show you can do that. Moneyball was a biopic in a sense but, as well. But they, but they, but they all are. Charlie Chicago yeah. Seven is something that really happened. Yeah. Uh, Molly's game actually happened, and yeah. he would have sat down with Molly from Molly's game S- and probably written the story. Like Steve, this is Steve, his lane. Steve's job is is, is yeah. it was happened. <laughs> this is his lane, and I think that if you want to do a very or a very good slash decent or good biopic about someone, fucking get Aaron Sorkin on it, and he'll he'll do a good job. And I think that that's where. That's, I suppose the only because obviously you can, you can probably say that West Wing's probably pulled from real real life events. Yeah. yeah, the only one that really probably isn't is probably a few good men, which is doing a TV series. TV movie has been announced. What that means, I don't know what a TV movie means anymore because does that mean it's is coming it to HBO? Netflix? Is it to Netflix? Yeah. yeah. Is it on like one of those like mid- Channel Five during the day, like one of those Pluto, Pluto TV. <laughs> IMDb TV possibly. I don't. Oh, yeah, I, God, I, don't, don't, I don't know what don't TV start. movie means though. Because I mean, it, just getting it on streaming or who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think HBO is probably where you're going to find TV movies these days. Yeah, but we're I, never going to get them. But I think you're right. Though. He seems to be the man to go to when you want to like portray someone's life's work or a period in their career. You get Aaron Sorkin in to to smash it out of the park, and, and he has. Aaron Sorkin didn't get nominated for. I looked at both director, original screenplay, or adapted screenplay. So I'm not quite sure what the difference is. So he's not yeah. he's not been nominated in any of the three of those, which seems harsh because like without his direction, our Kidman and Bardem is good to be nominated for best actor <laughs> actress. It's it's a weird it's, it's weird to do it that way around. Like it's, it's like even without you, they'd have been good. So like shut up, Aaron. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, but I will correct myself. Kirsten Dunst did get nominated for best supporting actress. So. Well done to Kirsten for that shitty film. J.K. Simmons also got nominated for actor in a supporting role for this as well. So good. I, I genuinely hope he gets it because I thought he was fantastic. There's, there's, we've done another film on this podcast that's been nominated, which is Coda. Yes, I just wanted to bring it up because I don't know. We'll probably mention it again down the line, but it's something that I really hope gets recognised for the absolute joy that that film was to to watch from start to finish. So you've got Troy Kotzer. From that film, I'm guessing there's a, the brother or mm-hmm. or, the, or the dad possibly. He's got yeah, a, yeah, yeah. he's got actor in a supporting role. So uh, best adapted screenplay from Sean Heder and best motion picture of the year for the producers is interesting that the the main actress doesn't like. Yeah. It, <laughs> why why yeah. the supporting was like why does the support one get in but she doesn't? Well, yeah, that is Troy Cross is the dad. So um, I mean, the dad was fantastic. Yeah, he was, he's but he's not as good as the main. No, uh, yeah, I, I agree. And in the sense of like, you, you look at you look at uh, Emilia Jones, who who played uh, Ruby Rossi in that in that film, and she, you know, put in the effort, spent nine months learning like American Sign Language, sang singing lessons and even learn how to this is the thing like she even went out of a way to learn how to operate a fucking fishing trawler and 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 no disrespect to Olivia Coleman who we did the lost daughter on this podcast very good very good in that not role, as yeah. good as the main girl no. in Coda not- no but I think I think we, we we mentioned that when we did the lost daughter is very much that I think we're now in the stage of if Olivia Coleman does a film she's going to be like <laughs> the British Meryl Streep where everyone goes yeah just fucking nominate her no one will complain like you know she's she always puts in the hundred percent but 
Yeah, I just feel that... And, and, it's, think, and it's not like they've not recognised Coda. Like they know they know what happened. They know it exists. Yeah, because they've fucking nominated for yeah. three things. So for her not to be on that shortlist, I don't know. It seems... Without seeing like the Jessica Chastain film or the Penelope Cruz film or... Uh, Spencer with Crush and Stewart was meant to be amazing in it. Without seeing them, it's hard to be like, well, she's better on all of them. No, of course not. But the one that we can, the one that we can, the ones that we can directly relate to is this being the Ricardos and the Lost Daughter. And I'd put her above Olivia Coleman in this. That's my opinion. It seems, it seems hard. I think to to nominate the dad is like, you were really good, but the the main, the main actress, nah. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Thomas, anything else you want to add to this? Yes, I wanted to talk about the final, the very final scene when there is the the like kind of like reveal to the audience that you know Lucille Ball did like it's a very ballsy move by Desi, yep. kind of like talking directly to them and obviously using his charm to win them over. But then to pull out the fucking oh by the way I've got the fucking chief of the FBI on the phone. But it's the way he does it. It's like. No, there's no evidence, and you're like, and yet I'm going. Well, this could be anyone. This could be a guy outside yeah. the phones. And what's your name, sir? J. Edgar Hoover. Oh, and it's like, oh, it's like the fucking mic drop game. <laughs> and it's the fact that this Cuban bloke who came up from being a bat, like doing a band every night in a restaurant in Hollywood, obviously touring the country as well, managed to get to a stage where he had basically held CBS by the balls. Yep, and then. Can get, in, can get in contact with the director of the FBI <laughs> is 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 amazing and it just shows like it shows the power that a lot of movie stars have and had back in those days and probably still probably do still have yeah, yeah yeah like you can like I, I know I know it's not like it's not directly related but who was it it's like there's there's uh, out of the left left complete left field but it's like a, a rapper called Corday who's like probably about twenty two. He's just released. A, he just released an album that was loads of good reviews. In one of the songs, he talks about how he's fucking like texting Jack Dorsey, who owns Twitter. And I'm like, you're 22. Like, what is your relationship with the guy who owns Twitter, who created Twitter? But it's at that stage where it's like any amount of fame. Like maybe Jack Dorsey loves Corday's music, and he reached out and they yeah. were just texting. But it's like. Maybe maybe Jade Gahoover is a fucking massive fan of well, I Love Lucy. Yeah. And and that's it. And it's just that thing was I reach out and go, by the way, I really like the show you're doing. And it's like, what's your number? Cool, perfect, thank you. I'm pretty sure if one of the Caprio was a, was accused of being a member of the Taliban, that he could get in touch with the head of the FBI. Oh, yeah, like there's no <laughs> yeah. there's no two ways about it. Even but even you'd have to go Leonardo DiCaprio. The rock would probably be able to get out of my shit through making a phone call. Oh, yeah. This is Dwayne Johnson. He just knows yeah. everyone. Yeah. Who, Apart from Vin Diesel, who doesn't like Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> like, that's it. Like, no one. No one doesn't and like Dwayne I think Dwayne Vin likes him. He's just jealous. That's what it is. Yeah, he's just jealous because <laughs> he's like, you've just rocked up, taken all my roles, made me... Made me look stupid in Fast and Furious because realistically, Dwayne Johnson is now a better actor than Vin Diesel ever was. And and I've rewatched all of them. And at the then Fast and Furious four or five, Dwayne Johnson is terrible at acting. Yeah. But as the films go up, you're like, oh my god, you've got so much better at this. And you get to like Hobbs and Shaw, where he's having like the one-on-one with Ryan Reynolds in that diner, and it's just perfect. And it just and it just shows. But anyway, there's no, no, yeah. No, no, no. So, something to add 
was gaslighting a thing in the 50s? Like, no, I, I, that line I was like, stop gaslighting me. I was like, ah, oh, do you? I'm, I'm not saying for a second that it didn't happen. Oh, no, but, but it was the word. Yeah, I'm not sure that we were aware of what it was. And yeah, that yeah, seemed yeah. a bit... It, it, it's taken something that obviously generally happened and it happened to women and yeah. I'm sure they were oh what's wrong with you I wasn't cheating with that girl oh you get, you're so uptight about it like definitely mm-hmm. happened whether they knew there's a name for it and used it and yeah I think it's just kind of like that was a, a modern it. day little shine like yeah, uh, yeah. It, was, it was happening back then we know it is this name now so mm-hmm. we're going to mention this but yeah I'm not sure Lucy would have called them up for gaslighting <laughs> in the 1950s but there we go yeah <laughs> I was just like that's a like, oh, just, uh, just, uh, it's an odd way of dropping that word, but then is the, is there another way? Is there another way yeah. of describing it that isn't the word gaslighting? Like, I'm, I'm glad they did it. She called him out, and he was still trying to play it off, and it was a heart issue. And like, I'm glad. What, that, what I found admirable, well, not admirable. It's, it's it's hard because it's that thing that she stayed with him. So the fi- the the show finished in 1957. Yeah, and it says that. It, it, this is what I didn't quite understand. The show ends in 1957, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just double check. It was 1951 to 1957. And then it says that she filed for divorce the day... Oh, okay, so she divorced him in 1960. She filed for divorce the day after the last day of production. Meaning that the divorce probably took three years to be finalised. No, there was... Uh, so, I Love Lucy ended in 57... But they did the Lucy Desi comedy hour until nineteen sixty. Ah, so that'll be it. There was a few so like, hour long specials I was reading through that they did as well. Right, after okay, that. so that'll be why. And then obviously, but it's that thing is like these two people are together on screen, so therefore they have to kind of be together off screen. But then she, fi- if if this scene plays out as it as it happens, she finds out two years into this nine years of filming together that he cheated on her and she's clearly not happy about it not that you ever would no one's going to be like oh you cheated on me great but she then sticks around for the the sake of the TV shows and her career is my guess until the very end where she divorces him and remarries a year later with some other guy but it's I just I just found that both admirable but also a bit weird but then I guess that in those days you can't it'd be weird to divorce off screen, but still be together on screen. It's like they kind of they can elaborate with the baby and stuff. It's like you need to portray this happy couple so that it works, that people believe in it to watch yeah. it as well. Like, well, especially if she's pregnant and then they have to have a baby, and in those days, I like single parents wasn't really a thing. I, I think or, back then, if, it'd be like, if, if you'd been like, "Oh, those two are divorced," well, people wouldn't watch it. Like, "Oh, it's not real. Like, it's not. Mm. Uh, they're mm. not. Re- they're not really. He doesn't really love Lucy. He cheated on her." Like. You, yeah. Back then, it just wouldn't fly whatsoever. Like, especially when you have that pretense of them like being. A, you've started it as them a couple, and they're a couple in real life and on TV. Yeah, to break them up in real life, you'd have been like, "Well, oh, it's not. It's not real then. Like, it's not." Yeah. Yeah. It probably wouldn't have worked, and probably wouldn't have gone for as long as it did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tom beers rating, uh, Pomona Island. Agnes, Agatha, Jermaine, and Jack. That's it. They are getting a. They are getting a three point five. Okay, strong. It's a good. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's a good beer. It's a good beer. Good IPA. Easy to drink. Tasty. Fruity. Not too boozy. Good. Well done, Pomona. As we tend to say, I, I had a few of them at the weekends. I had their their woe. 
I don't know if you've had that, that one. Wall by Betty Bramble yeah. Jam. Yeah, that, that is, I've got it on my shelf. That's one that I'll, That's very good. Uh, and I was, I, was, I was probably going to do it for next week's pod, to be honest. Was the, yeah, it's yeah. fine. Go for it. But uh, spoiler alert, that is what Andrew's mm. going to be doing. <laughs> and um, and then Nick had the ginger one, which he absolutely loved, which you were like meh about. Yeah. But... For, for a man whose favourite beer was like the most bland like IPA fair what, play to S- Simona Simona yeah <laughs> fair play to him uh, Button Basher by Hideaway Brewing Company which apparently are local so I'll have to go check them out uh, it's in the last fridge in Epicurean when you go all the way around they're in there oh right yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm giving it 2.5 because like, would I have it again no because there's nothing special about it as I've gone down the kind of flavour's gone, it's just kind of the boozy IPA I'm getting. Like, yeah, um, I mean, that's what you get when you get an 8% yeah. is a dipper. Because dipper, you always have that that taste. Yeah. You know what you're getting, you know, like, but if you're just doing a normal IPA that doesn't have the dipper taste and it's 8%, which is the dipper strength, it's... It was, yeah, it was, it was fruity at the start, but it was just mostly kind of boozy. So like, it's decent, but it's not yeah. nothing nothing spectacular. wouldn't have it again. <gasps> Being the Ricardos, I, I, I was saying it. <laughs> being the Ricardos, well, Tom. It's called being the Ricardos. And last night, you know how you were struggling to find it on Amazon Prime? Yeah. I got onto my Fire Stick and I was like, oh, search Bernardo. I can't find the fucking film. <laughs> I thought it was called being the Bernardos, but no, it's being the Ricardos. So, so before we get to this, I'm going to have a fucking rant on Amazon Prime. Uh, cool. Wanted to watch Reacher last night, and I thought, well, it's a brand new series on Amazon, Amazon exclusive. It's going to be right front and center. Was it fuck? Scroll down Ooh. like the, the like. Do you mean just like you got? Like, you give you like five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get five per bar. I uh, went uh, all the way down to I got to like tennis and like buying stuff. Still uh, wasn't there. Then we're back to the top. Went to tea. Went to free. Free to me. Yeah. Nah, not there. <laughs> and then it was like so. There's like Amazon Originals and but I had to scroll along three times out of frame. It's like Richard. You're like how? How are you doing this? Being the Ricardos, I searched for Ricardos and found yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. Because that didn't show at any point during my. No, no, no. That's why I was like, I have to find it. And I, obviously, <sighs> if you type in the wrong name, it doesn't, doesn't come up. help. But then I went on to Disney Plus. And they have a section. It's like Academy Award nominated, like Encanto, <laughs> Luca, like Shang. Like anything that's been awarded for anything, like there, there. front and center. Yeah. Amazon are like, nah, you have to work for this. Like, <laughs> and, and I've said before, it's kind of like search for searching for a product on Amazon. It's like you have to search for the shite to get yeah. to the yeah. the thing that you want. And it's just like, oh, just put it. Usually they're quite good at the top with that featured bar. Mm-hmm wasn't on neither of them were on there like poor Amazon Prime shite uh, but thanks for putting I the agree. film on so we can watch uh, Tom yeah. score for being the Ricardos go 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 it's a toughie it's a toughie it's a toughie because no you know what I enjoyed it I don't think I'd ever watch it again even though Same. I, I gen- genuinely wouldn't put people off from watching. I think you definitely should watch it for the performances. I completely agree with the Academy Awards nominations. Uh, and honestly, it's a six, but the, 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 because I found it very interesting, but I think the performances pop it up to a seven. Oh, so I thought you were going to go 6.5, which I think I, yeah. which I think I was kind of hovering over and, yeah, it was like, oh, is it a seven? <sighs> it's a very good film. I, th- I think it's a good film with extremely good performances, which kind of makes it a very good film. 
I think that's because, how I, I think because I'm not sure it's a seven, I'm going to go six point five because I enjoyed it. It was interesting. Performances were good. You wussed out giving it six point seven five and then doing the maths. No, I, would, I, <laughs> I want I want the final score to be six point seven five. So I find that sounds reasonable. It's, it's nearly a seven, but it's not quite. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, higher than fair. a six point five because it's it's decent. Like, would I recommend it to someone? I don't know. Like. It depends who you're recommending it to. I'd be like, do, do, do you want to see a good performance from the cool kid of a thing that you maybe didn't watch because you're not old enough to have seen I Love Lucy? Then yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess. Like, but yeah, if you're a fan of like American sitcoms, like, yeah, because it will show you kind of one of the biggest influences on the whole thing. Yeah. Watching yeah. for that. And yeah, and they're kind of putting together a TV show. Yeah, I'm going to go 6.5, uh, which gives it a double feature score of 6.75. <laughs> Which is especially one of the better sort of films we've done for a while. Which is yeah, and and the fact that it's probably one of the better Oscar-nominated films we've also done in a sense of you dragged Power of the Mud, Power of the Mud through the dog, <laughs> Power of the Dog through the mud. Yes, and yes, I did. We we were both a bit. We while well, we did enjoy the Lost Lost Daughter, it was a bit. I found this more interesting than the Lost. Yes, Daughter, to be I totally agree, and I think, I think it put, as I said, performances are better as well. So I think it deserves. But I, th- I think, I think, I think our pick so far. We haven't seen all of them, and we'll do our best, but can't guarantee it. The pick so far for top everything from the Oscar lot is Coda, and if you haven't seen it, just fucking get a free subscription for Apple TV Plus and just get yeah, on that. Yeah, before we end, so I was like, I would love to do all the films on the best picture list but now they're, they're making it really difficult if you don't want to go to the cinema uh, or pay for it well you can pay for you can it, pay for yeah. it well. but then it's like you've got so we've not seen Belfast we've not seen Drive My Car which looks like it's a Korean film uh, well, they are good at stuff so. June King Richard which I do really want to see uh, Licorice Pizza is meant to be really really good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Nightmare Alley is one that I was uh, I've never even heard of it uh, yeah it's got uh that one, that guy. <laughs> okay. No, the play guy plays the raccoon in Guardians of the Galaxy. Bradley Cooper. That's the one. And directed by Guillermo del Toro, and the other one we've not seen is West Side Story. The other one's Power of the Dog, obviously. So we've done one, two, three. We've watched. We've both watched Don't Look Up uh, mm-hmm. over Christmas. So there's probably too many there. We're never. There is before, before, before the things, but it's. I think it. I'd still like to watch find, them all. Whether I can do podcasts on them, whether we can find them to do. No, I think I think I think that the, the probably if we pay for it, the most attainable one is June because I know it's not yeah. overly expensive. I think it's like I know it, I say overly expensive, it's like a fiver, but yeah, I'd, I'd probably pay for that to just to watch it because it's about the price of a cinema ticket. I think, I think I'd pay to see Kane Richard. I love, I love Will if Smith. It's on, I love I'll the story. Pay for it as well. I love, yeah, I love yeah, the idea yeah, of the story. Yeah. Yes. So we've given Being the Ricardo 6.75. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you thought of the film. Let us know which are the best picture ones you've seen. What like, gets gets your vote. Let us know what you're drinking on social media. Like, not not drinking on social media. Let us know what you're drinking on social, social media. You're not drinking alone if you're drinking on social media. Uh, yes, for me and Tom. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that is just so beautiful. <laughs> The, the climate's not bad either. We've been through worse than this. We have? No. Ha <laughs> ha!